0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of ESPN's Ball and the Real World Podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Big guest today, Will Weaver, is going to be joining us from Houston in just a minute here. Uh, But as always, make sure you check out all your basketball news, scores, stats, info over at ESPN.com.au. We've got NBL just past the halfway mark of the season. NBA back from All-Star break. Um, We've got Boomers this weekend. You can catch the games on ESPN. They qualify as over in Japan. Nick K leading the ship over there as well. And make sure you check out The Jump, 7 p.m. Friday night. Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, Nat Edwards, guests from the U.S. I'll poke my head in there on the desk and uh, we'll have some fun. So if you haven't checked out The Jump yet on ESPN, make sure you do that. And I do have one cool story to plug this week, and I'm going to do that. I don't often do it at the start of the pod, so sorry to our listeners, but this is what's going down. I wrote about Joe at Achul this week. Now, he is, in my opinion, probably now pushed his way to the top of the MVP conversation. There might be a guard from Sydney, Jalen Adams, trying to work his way in there. We know Bryce Cotton is, is obviously up there, but JLA is just having a monster, monster season, but he's modest. He's humble. He doesn't like talking about himself. So I said, well, I'm not going to try and talk to Joe. I'm going to talk to Jock Landau. I'm going to talk to Dean Vickerman and find out a little bit more about JLA, his competitive nature on the court. And some of the battles that he had with Jock Landau, uh, very, very interesting stuff. So I wrote about that. Make sure you check that out at ESPN.com.au. Let's bring in our guest, a familiar face and voice with Australian basketball fans, assistant coach with the Houston Rockets, now formerly with the Sydney Kings and also the Australian national team, Will Weaver. It's great to catch up, man. Thanks for the time.
1: Good day, Kane. <laughs> Nice to talk to you.
0: <laughs> so, it's the end of All-Star Weekend. I, I'm not sure exactly when you're heading back into the facility, but what does a coach like yourself get up to in All-Star Weekend? Any shenanigans, Will?
1: Well... You know, I've poisoned my family now to their standards (laughs) after living on Bondi Beach for a little while are are definitely uh, different than they were before. So my son spent most of the weekend saying, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the beach. Um, We've had a little vacation in Santa Monica, hung out in L.A. after our game against the Clippers. Saw some great friends, uh, ate some sand. um, Mm. Pretty much his ideal weekend. So it
0: was good fun. I was going to ask that. Uh, I think the last time we spoke like in this format was for a similar podcast, similar type thing. And you were telling me all about your surfing and then next thing you're in Houston. Now, I've only been to the Houston airport, but I- I'm not sure how the surfing career has gone. Yeah. Stab does not
1: often run through here. There's no WSL events yet, um, but the chance to go play the Clippers and Lakers a couple times a year and
0: um, I look forward to those trips for sure. Uh, Let's start with Jay Sean Tate. We'll talk about him a little bit, but we've just come off a few days ago. Uh, He's had that the game winner in the Rising Stars competition and going left. uh, well, Well, that's the thing. Off the glass. Beautiful, beautiful finish. It's been a pretty crazy ride for him as well and sort of intertwined with your time in Houston. But just how quickly, and things change and we can get into that, but just how quickly he Found a role, found a major role, really at the NBA level has been pretty incredible to to see. And obviously, for someone who was all season long in the NBL, saying this guy should be in the NBA, it has to be pretty satisfying for you as well to see. Yeah,
1: there's no doubt. Um, you know, winners win, and he's won forever. And um, the kinds of things that he brings to a team in Belgium are the same kind of things he brings to a team in Australia, and the same things he brings here. And gosh, we need him. We he plays more often than not on the best wing uh, offensive player night to night that we play against, which in the NBA, you know, is Jason Tatum and then Doncic (laughs) and then on and on. So that has been uh, a huge part of his value here is just the way that he straps up on that end and competes um, and limits the great players from scoring as many as they're used to. But he's also just a really infectiously positive Human and I know he stays in great touch with his teammates from Sydney, and they're in great touch with him. And I think all of us that get to be on the journey with him are excited to um, to cheer for him and support him.
0: Do you have a? uh, This is always it's. I'm I'm terrible at these. So if you don't have an answer for this, it's totally fine. Do you have a? Is there a player comparison for Jay Sean Tate in the NBA? I've
1: certainly spent a lot of time thinking about that, especially in trying to trick him into signing with us in Sydney, right? His big (laughs) goal was to make the NBA. And uh, it was a pretty bold, I guess, stance that we took saying, we're going to make that happen if you commit to doing A, B, and C. Um, The one that I come back to a lot is Jimmy Butler. I think Mm -hmm. the likes contact um, affects the game in so many ways that you you say, okay, he scored 14 and had six rebounds and he guarded the other team's best player, um, but he can't shoot. Like, how is that even possible, right? And JT has found ways to impact winning um, in spite of sometimes, and also because of, I think, uh, the fact that three-point shooting has never been his biggest strength, but the strides he's made there has made it, I think, harder for teams to, just completely ignore him and it's also given him the chance to grow in all these other areas to where um, yeah he may not be our leading scorer but he's going to get picked by coaches every 10 times out of 10 if they have the choice of who they want to be on their team to help winning
0: so the guy that I always kept coming back to and you can say well this is ridiculous because you spend a little bit of time with him but just mostly for the defensive stuff and the guys that he can play on and he can play he he he's undersized sometimes in a lot of in a lot of these matchups as well i just kept coming back to pj tucker in terms of what he can do defensively because i can't say i can't think people have asked me who's a pj tucker comparison i said well i don't really know anyone in the nba he's so unique and then i kept on saying jay sean tate and people say well what is going on who is jay sean tate and I said, well, "He plays for houston was in sydney does that make any sense yeah
1: absolutely it was cool for jt to get to see pj and play alongside him and I think the thing that separates PJ and your Bucks friends could probably verify this is his intensity is <laughs> just about as high as it gets. And so, um, you know, practice one, preseason game one, game one, um, he is hoarse all the time. He's just con- he's like Doc Rivers, you know, because he's, he's just yelling, and <laughs> clapping, and up into people. Um, so you see that. I think the ramifications of that uh on the basketball court are dudes don't like to be guarded by them um even the even the great ones and jt certainly learned some things from getting to be alongside him for a while as that i how
0: are you finding the role will it's has uh, been obviously seasoned a bit they've sort of been compressed so it actually hasn't been that much uh that much longer than a year but how are you how are you finding it
1: i mean this is i think um very different obviously from what my life was like in Sydney and my family and I, I'm lucky to have teammates that view it the way I do, which is, um, this whole career, this profession, this game that we get to travel the world being a part of, and the great players we get to be on teams with for some period of time. We just look at all of it as such, um, great fortune. And so to, leave anywhere is hard and change is always challenging. Um, but we are so excited to be somewhere that is trying to build something great. You know, I've had the chance to be in Philly, Brooklyn, um, and Sydney and all those places we're really trying to build in an audacious sort of way. And that's what we're trying to do here in Houston. So to get to be a part of that is really special. already talked about Jay Sean and how cool it is to get to have, um, more time with him as his teammate. And then, you know, the other individuals I work with on a daily basis, Alper and Shangoon, KJ Martin, those young guys that are hungry and striving um, and obviously have incredible gifts that that is the joy for me is to get to be a part of those guys um, formative years. And so I'm sure I could find that anywhere, but I don't know that I could find it with a better boss closer to grandparents for our three-year-old son um, in a warm weather city like Houston. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful to, to be here.
0: There's a lot of experience and you've obviously mentioned some of the places you've been as well. And then the international experience is obviously huge, but you're working alongside a, a bunch of guys that have been around and Stevens obviously was assistant for a long, long, long time. John Lucas has probably seen it all. So how does that
1: help I can you? can
0: you're <laughs> right, exactly right. So, how does that, how, did, how have you enjoyed that as well? Just having that that decades and decades of NBA of experience around you to to pick their brain and to continue your path.
1: Yeah, I certainly feel like I've lived a charmed basketball life already um, at only 37, but the gray hairs may be showing the fact that I get to <laughs> I have to argue with all these guys, these Hall of Famers. Um, you know, in, in Philadelphia, we had Mike D'Antoni and Lloyd Pierce and um, obviously in Brooklyn, Jock Vaughn and Chris Fleming and all manner of too many colleagues to list. But I think the special part of what we have here in Houston is just everyone says they want diversity on their staff. You know, they've gone a job world champion, Maverick from Senegal, Oak Hill Academy, Rick Higgins, um, you know, grew up around the NBA, Orlando, Charlotte, you already mentioned John Lucas, Jeff Hornacek, um that is a real pleasure to get to go to work every day and argue and laugh with and observe sort of how it is they do what they do. Um, And because obviously this thing is an
0: art. So I have the dates here. So uh, I'm pretty sure this is right. So you signed November 23. And I remember, I think I sent you a text a couple of weeks after that. And I knew when I sent you a text, they're like, look, this isn't a good time to try and talk to Will right now. There's, There's stuff going on in Houston Westbrook was traded a couple of weeks after. So it changed very quickly, the situation that you probably thought you were getting into the franchise, thought that they were getting themselves into in terms of what the goals were for the season. So for you walking in there and then all that happening and the James Harden stuff and PJ Tucker, we already mentioned, he was gone a little bit after that. Uh, from a coaching perspective, uh, was that as crazy on the inside as what it was on the outside when everyone was loving the the drama and the stories of everything going on in Houston?
1: I, I, this is probably defies believability, but any success I've had in coaching comes from the fact that I look at it as a problem solving exercise. And so that's the fun of it. It's okay. What's next solve it. Okay. What's next fail solving it. Okay. What's next try to solve it again. Um, so the, I'm a sadist, I guess, like I thought it was great fun. I was really excited to, (laughs) see all the ways that we could optimize our group and help them the most we could. And I surely think of myself as, um, you know, someone who's a facilitator uh, in this sport. Like, it's not obviously about coaches. And so uh, the players that we had, PJ, you mentioned James was still with us um, and the players that had yet to join us, the Jalen Greens and Alpes and, you know, KG Martin was at the G League at the start. so. That connects back to my real love in this thing, which is the relationships and getting to be alongside these guys. And so I, I was not crying in my pillow, um, seeing an MVP walk out the door. And instead, it was really cool to get to be around him in that context and learn from him. And obviously, you know, John Wall last year, um, a number of players that Victor Oladipo I wouldn't have been exposed to had that sort of context be swirling around our team. So um, I would love to be on an NBA championship team someday. And that's going to mean that I get to be around a player in his prime like James or like Joel, who I spent a lot of time with, you know, in the early days. Um, But, you know, Kevin Durant, even before his pro experience in Texas, like it's fun to be on those guys journey at the beginning and the hugs we have hit a little different because we've known each other in the hard times. Um, But I'm grateful to get to, have more young guys to be able to hug over the next decade
0: as they turn into
1: future champions
0: you mentioned some of the names i was flicking through the basketball reference page last night for the houston season and there's basically two pages of players there's so many guys you had rolling through but there was moments i mean christian wood obviously was a guy that that um, that sort of broke into the the team he'd had some chances but it was his first real night in night out starter level minutes KPJ had the fifty-point game. I think that was against Milwaukee, actually. But he, he went Indeed. off. He went off in that game, and uh, and Jay Sean Tate led the team in win shares. So when you look at it at the end of the season, you did find a bunch of young guys, and you were obviously working closely with them. That it was it sort of turning the page a little bit for the Rockets franchise, but it, it set up obviously what you guys have tried to do this year.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's. Um... I'm fortunate, I guess, to have had a chance to have some reps in that environment in Brooklyn and Philly when those teams were rebuilding. Um, But the approach for all of it, whether it's those teams or us now or the Boomers or Sydney when I first got there was um, really try to understand what are the goals here and tier them and then spend as much time as possible just crushing the top tier goals as we could, and that's oftentimes filled with constraints and curveballs that you couldn't have anticipated. But um, I think the way you get to the successful outcomes for those individuals and for the the group comprised of those um, those people is to just be relentlessly focused on what's most important. And for us now, that's trying to learn as much as we can and grow as much as we can until the end of the season.
0: The roster that you have currently now, so I have, well, Eric Gordon's still there. He's been around for a while. That's a that's a true NBA vet right there. But after that, I think the most experienced player is Christian Wood, five years of, as far as I could tell. And uh, like I said, he's been a guy that in that five years has been a bunch of different teams trying to find his, his place in the NBA. So that is a very, very inexperienced locker room. How does that impact the team from a developmental standpoint and also change your role in terms of perhaps more hands-on, you'll be more chatting with the guys and just walking them through what a season entails.
1: Yeah. Obviously my sort of framework, my lens for looking at this is narrow. I've only worked with three NBA teams in my career. And Dennis Schroeder is a recent addition to our group. He'd be the other guy with um, I think eight years of experience, but I, I, I'm a very curious person, and so I approach things with that curiosity, and that's what I think um, might make it easier for me to lose 50 games and come to work every day with a smile on my face than others. Is just I'm I'm never ceasingly annoying colleagues and friends and peers with questions, and Dennis and Eric and. um you know, countless before and many more after them will be pestered by me to try to figure out um, what it is they know that I don't know. And there's a lot. <laughs> so when you get to work with the best players on the planet at the highest level, you know, even this might not be intuitive, but the first year players, um, in my conversation with Josh Christopher this year, I've learned so much um, things that As a rookie, he's bringing into how he plays that he might not have had the chance to really think about and concretize and sort of, sort of this is my philosophy as an on-ball defender or anything like that. I don't know what his coaching clinic would look like, Um, but you can't be an NBA player without tons of savvy and tons of amazing basketball experiences. I mean, these, these young guys that we're working with have sometimes played on four or five USA national teams in Argentina and Croatia and um, backwaters of Greece. And so to have the chance to just have the quantity time around each other um, gives me just the coolest spot on the planet um, because I get to abuse them for their wisdom. And, you know, (laughs) once every once in a blue moon chip in like a tiny little piece to try to help make them their jobs easier.
0: Well, you don't give yourself a lot of credit, Will, but uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I like that uh, that attitude. This is a um, perhaps weird question or cliche, whatever you want to call it. But what Great. are your...
1: I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what are? Go for where it. Do, where do you see yourself? What's the path for you from a coaching perspective? As, as you said, this is um, you're back in the NBA now, but some coaches are that's what they want to do. They want to be the assistant coach. They like that role. They like working specifically developmental. Other coaches are like, well, no, I want to be a head coach one day, which is obviously a difficult job to get. But where do you see your path?
1: I mean, the truth is I have no idea, right? Like that's the fun of it all. And I'm more excited than I've ever been to be an NBA head coach. That wasn't something that I stayed up late night dreaming about when I moved to Australia. But I've now had the chance to through different contexts and different teams see that I can lead an NBA team. um, With a perspective that I think isn't common and so i'm excited to get to apply that trade at that sort of level someday, Um, but I certainly wouldn't have guessed I was going to get to live in Sydney Australia or have the New Zealand breakers offer me a job before that or have the chance to move back two hours from home (laughs) back where my wife has tons of great friends and colleagues. And so as before, I I just am so fortunate to get, to have the opportunity to um, work in basketball and be around these players. And, you know, the, the real thrill for me is getting to watch Nick K captain, the boomers here before too long. And the text with, Pauli Hanare and Andre Loanis about the Japanese league and learn <laughs> all the things that they're doing. Um, so that is how I've always operated and I'm sure somehow helps me do my job better. Um, which I'm lucky cause I'm just compulsively focused on those kinds of things and that's what drives me. And so I'll continue to be, be focused on them and however that sort of plays out, it plays out.
0: And also working, on a part-time basis as a recruiter for the sydney kings is that accurate with the did you plant the seed for chase Buford with the sydney kings is that is that true
1: well i'm lucky to know i've known chase for a long time <laughs> i've known his dad for longer um but yeah this was a busy NBL off season for me i must say I was <laughs> james duncan in brisbane and 40 in Cairns, um scott in perth chase in sydney and a 50 other people that were eager to get those postings and others that got in touch throughout the throughout our summer so um i i'm a lifelong mbl fan now and had a chance to sit down and catch up with larry a bit when he was coming through barnstorming through the states Um, and i've still stay tuned in um, especially with some of my my old friends like Deli getting back down there and creaky obviously doing what he's doing so yeah, the the NBL is as good as it's ever been. And um, it's fun for me to get to see a wider range of coaches recognize what an amazing place it is to coach and how there's just nothing better on earth than coaching Australians. And more and more people are aware of that. So it's been fun to have some more familiar faces in the league and get to watch that night tonight.
0: Yeah, everyone says this, but you're in there and people are talking to you and asking about it. You've really sense that even in from your time with long island to then coming back the 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 growth of of the nbl or more interest in the in the league
1: no question yeah and i think in particular more connection between the nba and the nbl that's obviously been a an area the nbl is focused on is trying to connect with the nba and i think they succeeded in lots of different ways um but the credit really just goes to the players that have Tory Craig's and Jay Shons and DD's Dee and others that have um, insisted upon being recognized by the NBA because of who they are as players and people um, creaky, I think deserves a lot of credit for that coming over to long Island and just kicking ass in ways that no one would have expected and signing with multiple teams. And so the, at this point it's, I think clearly the most visible league outside of the NBA in terms of American basketball fans and um, hopefully it continues
0: to grow. Would you rather deal with player Andrew Bogut or owner Andrew Bogut's uh, calling you about what's going on on the court if you were still in Sydney?
1: (laughs) Oh that's an awesome question. I never got the chance to choose. I (laughs) I got both which is maybe the in the punnett square the one that you would pick last but um, I must (laughs) say like you talk about teammates that you'd want to have and people you want on your team um as i'm sure countless uh city council people or whatever the hell y'all call them would attest to you would want bogus on your team <laughs> uh, so yeah it's been fun I, I think he's enjoying sort of transitioning in the ownership i know he's got a million businesses and a million things going on um but Bugs was probably one of the least likely players to call you when you were working with him of anybody. You know, Brad Newley would exist probably at this up here, <laughs> but it would be somewhere down here. Um, he just but when you got there at seven thirty in the morning, he was already on the treatment table, getting his body right and getting ready to rock. Um, and if you asked him, he'd truly have opinions. But the his approach to competing is a big part of what attracted me to come to Sydney.
0: Well, I think we're now after the All-Star break on the road home uh, for the Houston Rockets, whatever it is, 23, 24 games left. Do you look to the finish line? What what does this last few weeks look like for you? What do you try and get out of it um, over the last couple of months?
1: I just think back about last year, you know, the post-All-Star period for us um, didn't have a lot of wins in it. Mm -hmm. but we just learned so much about our players and the players that were with us kj martin i think probably at the top of that list got so much better um the opportunity to know that this is the group is i think cohesive you know brings some cohesion to the team and allows people to sort of experience some psychological safety probably and um there's plenty of teams that are packing it in which i think is exciting as a competitor to know that you can Catch teams, you know whether they're, uh, yeah, we'll we'll turn it on when we get to the playoffs or the season's over and we don't have anything to play for. Our guys have so much to play for, and we have so much to coach for. And so I'm, I'm more excited than I've been at any stage in this season, and really looking forward to going to Orlando in two days and competing against another team that's in a similar spot, full of talented youngsters um, that are, I'm sure, going to be eager to kick our ass, and we'll be trying to do the same.
0: Well, you're the best. I appreciate your time. Uh, I know, like I said, it is All Star Weekend. You probably is technically still on break, I think, or close to going back. So you didn't in have
1: two to- hours. I'm headed that way.
0: Oh, then maybe you have clocked back on. Then maybe I don't need to feel bad. But I appreciate it either way. You're always, uh, always generous with your time.
1: Nice to see you again.